seriously popular. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mate, if Man United blundered with their goalkeeper. Well, you thought so, I think, the first week we did this pod. Then you changed your mind. I don't know where you are now. I think he's a downgrade, Anana is a downgrade on De Gea. I, I, I really do. I've seen enough of him. Um, is he better than De Gea with his feet? Probably, probably only just. Uh, but I'm more interested in, in him keeping the ball at the back of the net. And I think he's made a lot of blunders this season, a lot of goalkeeping errors. You go to the uh, the, the, the game against Bayern Munich, a couple of errors. And even the game uh, this week where I thought the third goal, he went down so early, did uh, did Anana. Uh, I'm not so sure about him. I think I think Manchester United will make a change. I'm not saying this season, but I think at the end of the season, they need to get an upgrade on Anana. Blimey, um, that's, it's not like you to go early, but you've gone very early on that. I, I, I was at I, the West Brom many years ago when David De Gea made his league debut for... Uh, Manchester United and looked like he'd never played in goal before and that start continued for a while but he didn't do bad in the end De Gea did he so why would we not give Anana the same length of time to at least settle into the Premier League yeah and uh, and that's what I said to you in the in the first week of this pod yeah, now you've you changed your mind very, very very quick to judge I think I've seen enough of him to to think that do you know what? With with act, with the actual basics of goalkeeping, keeping the ball out of the back of the net, I don't I don't see him anywhere near De Gea in that uh, in that respect. So I think Manchester United, we understand why Anana came in because he's good with his feet, and I know he made it uh, you know a bad error um, in the week against Galatasaray with that ball out to uh, well supposedly to Casemiro and, you know, got that really badly wrong. That can happen. That can happen. But I'm more worried about watching him week in and week out. I don't think he's commanding. I don't think his shot stopping is great. And that's not what Manchester United need at this moment in time. So, as I said, I think he's a downgrade on De Gea. And that's that's a big worry. And do you know what? I think most Manchester United fans would agree with me. Oh, there's an awful lot of, uh, I was going to say hate, that's the wrong word, but there's an awful lot of criticism of uh, Anana from United fans on social media. Some Manchester United fans who I have followed on Twitter for a long time and are usually the more rational, kind of saner version of a football fan, and even they are digging into him. When players, when clubs sign goalkeepers these days, should they be signing them for what they do with the ball at their feet like they seem to? David Ray is another one who's made a mistake for Arsenal this week. 
passing the ball out. Should they be prioritising the way goalkeepers use the ball or the way goalkeepers save the ball? I know which side of, the, of that argument I'm on. <laughs> well, I suspect we're on the on the same side. It's actually the most important thing is to keep the ball out of the back of the net, right? And for a goalkeeper to make saves. We know, we know the game has evolved in terms of build-up play from... The back, and we, you know, we see the way that uh, that Manchester City, for example, how good Edison is with his feet, but he has made the occasional error. But I, I just think Anana, you know, he's gone into Manchester United. Uh, they had a good goalkeeper in David uh, De Gea. We knew that they were going to make that change, and 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 the way that Ten Hag wants to play, he wants to build from the back. But as I say, you need you need a, a commanding goalkeeper, and Anana is not commanding. I don't think he's a good shot stopper. And, uh, you know, we're talking about Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in the world who want to make progress. They're not going to do it while Anana is in between the sticks. I have to say that there has been some remarkable revisionism by some United fans about De Gea now. I was appalled um, by the way that some United supporters almost kind of chased De Gea out of the football club, almost hounded him out of the football club, was so happy that he'd gone. Given the service that 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 goalkeeper had given the club over the years, I thought that was poor. And I must admit, I'm not saying I take pleasure in it, but it's interesting now to see some of those same voices now saying how much they miss De Gea now that the guy that's replaced him has started uncertainly. But I do think, by the way, that they should give Anana a little bit more, more time. I want to mention one quick thing about one other thing about the Galatasaray game. I only watched the highlights, I must admit. I had a night off from watching football. I did flick through the highlights. Rasmus Hoyland, if the, what a goal that was, the second goal. What mm. a goal. If there is one ray of sunshine at that football club at the moment, it's got to be their new centre-forward, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's taken a while to get going because he came in with an injury, didn't he? But... He looks, he looks really strong and powerful. And uh, I mean, let's not go too early on him. Of course, there'll be comparisons, you know, with uh, with Erling Haaland across the city. But the early signs are very, very good. And I, I think you're absolutely bang on for once. You know, in terms of one good thing to look at at Manchester United at the moment, it's their centre forward. He's lightning quick. He's lightning quick. The, the way he got away from his his man for that second goal from the halfway line was was absolutely fabulous. Now, um, another a club. Staying in the northwest is, is that's had a good start to the season, but a terrible week. A Liverpool um, lost at Tottenham, as we know. VAR controversy, VAR shambles. Klopp has now suggested that there should be a replay in the in, in the mail and, and on Mail Online and across our digital platforms today. You have accused Jurgen Klopp of talking utter tripe. Do you, do you disagree with that? I don't agree with him. I think I might be a little bit more respectful to one of our most kind of fated and celebrated how, how managers. Would you, how would you describe it then? How I, would you I, describe a situation where we, we now want games replayed because of because of refereeing errors, human error? That's what happened. Where, where, where will this lead? Every I, week we'll have clubs calling for games to be replayed. This It's absolute tripe. It's absolute nonsense Jurgen Klopp is talking I do, I do not disagree with the sentiment. The, I, I do think it, I, you made the point on our It's All Kicking Off uh, podcast on Monday that Klopp had dealt with the situation in a very dignified and self-contained manner after the game on Saturday night. And I absolutely agreed with you with that. Most of what he said yesterday at his press conference to preview tonight's European game was, was delivered in a similar vein. 
he even made a, a kind of half-hearted a, a, a appeal for for us to lay off the officials a little bit, but then says that there should be a replay. Some people are saying he didn't really say that, but he did say that. He did say yeah, it. But, yeah, and, you know, we... <laughs> I mean, essentially, we can only react to what Jurgen Klopp has said. And, you know, to even go down that route, it's it's, it's actually a dangerous route to go down. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I said this on the show on, on Monday. You know, who, who who is going to want to actually be a referee with, with that pressure on them, that scrutiny on them? I mean, Darren England must be feeling bad enough. How he comes back from this... I don't know, but um, Jurgen Klopp, you know, shouldn't have gone down that route about uh, you know playing a game again because it it is dangerous. It's it's where it leads. You can imagine weekly that managers from clubs saying we were wrong there. We need to play the game again. That's not fair. I absolutely agree with you. I've just been writing my column for for tomorrow's newspaper. You um, often was- you often write your columns off the back of what I say, don't you? You sort of you, you know. Me to give you a seal of approval, then you you go with it. I just need an idea. If you were listening to what I just said, I said I've just written my column. That was before we spoke. That's a key key difference there. Although I might Prove change it. it, I might change it once we've come off. Once we've come, but in in my, my column, which will which appears in the newspaper tomorrow, it's on our Mail Plus app this for this evening. Um, I've I've mentioned the the one thing that I thought was that what what we knew on Saturday night once we knew that the mistake had been made by Darren England and, and, and the other VR officials and why it had been made and how it had been made, given all that's happened subsequently, the release of the audio, the debate around it, I don't think we've learned anything new. And I'm with you on this. I think that we knew what we knew on Saturday night. And the only question that was put out there was whether there'd been some, you know, this ridiculous assertion that there'd been a conspiracy or that mistakes had been made on purpose, which was absolute nonsense. I don't know why it took the release of the audio to have to prove that to people, because I never thought that for a minute. It's a mistake. Yeah, uh, I mean, the most uh, galling thing from my point of view, uh, I don't know whether you agree or not, was listening to the audio and how chaotic things were. This was, and I, I didn't think this before, but this was always bound to happen, right? It, it just happened in such a, a high profile. What because game. of the because of the chaotic nature of the, the communication, the chaos from the VAR hub to the referee mm. and, and the mm. the language used. You you could see, you know, so so many voices there. You know, being there must be there was always going to be a misunderstanding at. Uh, at some stage, and you know, it happened on the the biggest stage of all, and it's led to all this controversy. But they they actually need to be clearer in the way they they go about making these decisions, don't they? The, the language now, uh, Arsenal versus Manchester City Sunday at the Emirates, undeniably the game of the weekend. Both those clubs know a little bit about clean sheets. And by the way, both those goalkeepers know a little bit about, sorry, both those teams know a little bit about goalkeepers who play out from the back. Um, Edison's made his first share of mistakes with his feet over the years. It just shows that it does happen. Now, are you getting worried? Worried about what? Well, your your prediction that Ramsdale wouldn't ever play oh, the oh. banished I am not banished from uh, in, from the Arsenal team. I, I was actually going to mention this topic today because it's getting embarrassing for you. The longer that Raya spends in that team, the harder it gets for you to re- hang on to hang your on, Raya, credibility. Raya made a mistake. I don't know. I don't know whether you watched the game. Yeah, I've already Mons. referenced it. He made the, a mistake. Yeah, he made a mistake. And if, and if Arteta drops him on the back of that mistake, he's even bigger knee jerk character than you are. 
you're the one who's written off Anana already. I don't think Arteta's going to be going to be uh, writing off his new goalkeeper so quickly. Now, one player who has been written off by some Arsenal fans is Kai Havertz. Um, start of the season, had a very, very difficult time. Um, was given what we have kind of slightly cruelly called a pity penalty last week in the, the win at Bournemouth was allowed to take the penalty because Arsenal were already home in hose, scored it. Mikel Arteta, Mikel, Mikel Arteta said afterwards that he thought that would re- rehabilitate Havertz. Would you pick Havertz for this game on Sunday? I think it takes more than a, a penalty to get somebody back on track, doesn't it? Um, I mean, my view on Havertz is I think it was harsh to write him off basically before he'd kicked a ball mm. at Arsenal. I remember you lot writing me off before I kicked a ball at Blackburn Rovers. Um, Hang on a minute, I was about but, 12 years old then. <laughs> you probably had an opinion on it though. Yeah, I actually um, did. Yeah. But, but look, I mean, will he, will he start for Arsenal at the weekend? Well, you know, they're running out of players, so I suspect he will. With regards to, to your your phrase, the pity penalty, I've got to say, I didn't. It's a, it was a good thing in the end. All I thought about at that time, imagine Kenny Dalglish or Martin O'Neill, you know, you're 2-0 you're to the good and then you have, you hand the ball to, you know, somebody to take a penalty because you feel sorry for them. Just imagine if they, if he missed that penalty and, and you know, Bournemouth had got back in the game. That's, that's an absolute no-no. It worked and it's good. Has that really kicked him on? It'll give him a bit of confidence. I remember taking, I can only describe it as uh, a bit of a, House penalty for Celtic when we were four or five nil up against Hibs when I dinked it when I dinked it into the roof of the net, but that was four or five nil up, right? What, so why? Sorry, why did you? I was, why did you take? Why did you take it? What do you mean? Why did I take it? Because I was on penalties, but it's, oh. it's more the manner in which to, ah. to take it. You know the old Penenka. So in uh, you know in that respect, it was okay, but I wouldn't have dared do that. At, so it, at it worked, nil, though, did nil, it? One nil. It worked. It worked, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, Google brilliant. it. YouTube I, I, I absolutely will YouTube. I absolutely will YouTube that. Um, so I think that's that's a, a massive game um, at, at the weekend. Now, I think this weekend's fixtures, by the way, are going to be pretty difficult to call. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't know why you're have laughing. You, have you, you got <laughs> the old reverse gear stick now, haven't you? You're, you're going, you're going back with. They're, they're all difficult now. Do you so, realise? Just you know, you got it wrong last week, didn't you? And you don't, you don't want to play anymore. A week ago, right now, a week ago to this very moment, we were sitting in different places. I'm in a hotel room in Nottingham today. You're in a hotel, a hotel room in Glasgow. We'll talk about that in a minute. But last week, at our respective homes, we were doing this little pod, and I got very bullish and started predicting all the weekend scores and thought I'd get them all right and win a fortune, all the rest of it. And got what did I get out? Of, what did I get out of the out of the nine? You got three out, three out of nine on an easy week. Yeah, although you if are. I'd have, if I'd have done Fulham Chelsea, I would have gone for Chelsea. So really, it was four out of ten. <laughs> right, I'll do it. I'm going, this is not going to be a feature of this of this podcast every week, but Thank I am God. going to do it again. I've mm. got to do better this time, right? So yeah. let's. And these are difficult fixtures. I'm going to have to look at my. Do you um, often say that? I'm going to have to what do better. I've got to do better. I, I'm often encouraged at home to do better. Yeah. Um, now. So very, very, very quickly. So I will say that Spurs will win at Luton, that Chelsea wow. will win at Burnley, that Everton wow. will draw draw at home with Bournemouth, Fulham will draw at home with Sheffield United, Man United will beat Brentford somehow. Based uh, on what? Pa- 
based on throwing a dart at the wall and see where it lands, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it will beat better. Brentford. Palace will draw at home with Forest. Liverpool will win at Brighton with no replay required. Um, uh, West Ham will draw at home with Newcastle. Um, Villa will win at Wolves. And Arsenal and City will be a draw. That is what if we, I will say. You've you whacked so many draws in there. That just, that <laughs> stinks of I haven't got a clue. And then the, then the old dart against the wall, the old Manchester United dart. I'm with you on that. That's the best science. What, go for draws? Well, and just, just not have a clue. Throw a dart anywhere, oh, yeah, yeah, wherever yeah. it lands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, I mentioned that you were in a hotel room in, in Glasgow. You were at your beloved Park Head last night. Heartbreak for Celtic in the Champions League. They can't win a Champions League game. Uh, I was told earlier early they haven't won a Champions League game at home for 10 years. Is that right? Mm, yeah, I think so. I think I mean, so. Uh, do you know what? Last night, a, a draw would have been probably fair... But I think it's a massive missed opportunity for Celtic. I do. It, it wasn't a great Lazio team. Sarri, the Lazio uh, manager, I mean, they're well organised. But Celtic have had, I've got to say, a bit of a generous group um, this time around. And for them to lose the first two games, it's, you know, it's not good enough. They play some nice football on the eye, but they, they, they didn't sort of pepper the Lazio goal at all. They scored a really good goal, actually. But then weren't really creative enough and then they shot themselves uh, in the foot. Lazio didn't deserve to win, but that's, that's a hammer blow for Celtic. And now even finishing third looks like a tall order. English, I was at Newcastle last night. What a night. Superb, mm. brilliant. Everything I hoped it might be. PSG were dreadful, by the way. I think where, where, where would that just where would that game yeah. rank for you in terms of, I mean, I saw the, uh, the highlights this morning. Mm. I mean, the place looked yeah, amazing. I, I, I have a, a, a bit of an emotional attachment to Newcastle. I was a student in Newcastle. I used to go and watch Newcastle in the late 80s, early 90s when they were a poor so side. Polytechnics in Newcastle. I did go to Newcastle Polytechnic. I'm very proud to say so. Uh, but I, I went to watch Newcastle. I used to stand on, the, stand on the Gallagher. I actually used to pay an under-16s rate to get in because I looked so young, even though I was about 19. I used to, play, I used to pay the junior <laughs> rate to get through the turnstile. So, until until wow. I was about twenty. So, di- so that's that's you're admitting deception there. Do you think I should go back and give them the money? I'm not <laughs> sure they need it. I'm not sure they need it now, by the way. But I suppose mm. I could do. I used to go and watch them. So I'm a little bit emotionally attached to Newcastle. They're not my Are team. They your team. They're not my team. They're not my team. But I like going. And I must admit, as I walked up to the ground last night, I thought, wow. I used to come here and watch them play Bristol City and, and uh, 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 Coventry and Luton and lots of other teams that would beat them. Uh, in the old first division, uh, second division as well. Um, and there, there I was for a game against PSG. It was r- fantastic. The atmosphere, as you say, was off the scale. And they produced a performance to match. Um, two goals scored by local players. Uh, Bruno Gimares was absolutely fantastic. Jamal Lassell, who I thought might be given the runaround by Mbappe, was absolutely fantastic. Mbappe got two out of ten. Two out of ten in Le Keep, the French newspaper this morning. Two out of ten. Uh, they're mm. a different story. But what 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 a night that was. Uh, good just, just 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 quickly on that. Why mm. why does Dan Byrne not get an, an England call up? I do not understand that. Tell me a better English left back than Dan Byrne right now. Go on, name one. Uh, well, Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell is, but Come he's in, but he's injured. Luke Luke Shaw but, is, yeah. but he's it, but but he's injured. Yeah. So, Kieran, so hang Kieran, on to Kieran, right Kieran, now. Kieran Trippier probably is a better left back than Dan Byrne. 
plays right, right back. back. I don't know. Right I don't back. know whether you don't know whether right you, you watch plays, Newcastle. Plays right back for Newcastle. Yeah. Perfectly. So you can't name a better left back than Dan Byrne. You're, you're trying to. No, I can. That is a better left back. Just because he plays it right back. If he played at left back, he'd be better. I think that's. A, <laughs> I, I like your sentiment and the Dan Byrne. The Dan Byrne story. <laughs> It's a great story. You know, I was, was working in the supermarket at one point when he thought his football career was over. A brilliant story. He's a lovely lad. He scored a goal last night. Magnificent. I don't think he's an England left-back, Chris. I don't think he's an England left-back. So he's playing well. He's, he's the form England left-back in the Premier League and uh, you don't think he's an England left-back. So you play think, somebody who's not playing as well. I don't, think he's, okay. England, I don't think he's an England left-back. Now, that was a, you've just asked me a question about where did that rank last night. I'm going to ask you one question to finish. Jürgen Klopp's been talking about replays and playing the game again. I'm just going to ask you, if you could take any game from your career and play it, not, not on the back of a refereeing mistake, just play it again. Which one would it be? That'd be the UEFA Cup final, 2003, Celtic-Porto. Yeah. Love to play that again. We, we ended up losing 3-2. Mm. I think a lot of Celtic fans, I would view this as a player, and this isn't an excuse, but we felt that, that Porto, that particular night, players rolling around on the floor, time-wasting, feigning injury. I'd love to have the chance to to replay that game. I think mine would be, you know, in my years covering football, I was a... Uh, um, I'm in Nottingham today, actually. I'm about to go and interview one of the Nottingham Forest players. But I worked in Nottingham, worked for a local paper back in the 90s. And I was at the city ground that day when Manchester United beat them 8-1, um, when Oli Gunnar Solskjaer came on as a sub and scored four yeah. times in about seven minutes. And I'm not a Forest fan either, but I knew a lot of those players. I was close to a lot of those players just because that was my job on the local paper. And to see them humiliated that day um, was absolutely painful absolutely painful and uh, if I could go back and do that one again um, then I would I would say by the way if United and Forest met this weekend I think the result might be slightly different um, good chat mate um, I hope your hangover clears get yourself back down the road I'll see you in the studio on Monday for our uh, regular beauty podcast it's all see you mate Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.